Welcome to Current Radio's Science Station. Please enjoy today's selection of science news. Charlotte, have you heard about the recent breakthrough in the fight against climate change? Scientists have created something that's being referred to as a methane-munching monster. That sounds like something straight out of a science fiction movie, Diego. But yes, I have heard about it, and it's quite fascinating. This creation is said to break down methane at a speed that's 100 million times faster than nature. That's a staggering number. It really is. Methane, as we know, is a potent greenhouse gas, more than 25 times more effective at trapping heat in the atmosphere than carbon dioxide. And this monster could be a game changer in our fight against global warming. It uses chlorine and UV light to to create a chain reaction, right? It's essentially mimicking what nature does, but at an accelerated pace. This could have a significant impact on our efforts to reduce greenhouse gases. Exactly. The lead researcher, Matthew Stanley Johnson, from the Department of Chemistry at the University of Copenhagen, has been working on this project inside the MEPS reactor, where methane is processed. It's quite an achievement, isn't it? Absolutely, Diego. It's a testament to the power of human ingenuity in the face of crisis. And while it's too early to say how much this methane-munching monster can help us combat climate change, the potential is... Immeasurable, really. It's a reminder that while the climate crisis is urgent and daunting, we have the tools and the brains to tackle it head-on. But of course, this doesn't mean we can slack off in other areas, like reducing our carbon emissions. Absolutely, Diego. It's a multi-pronged battle. Innovations like this are crucial, but we also need to keep pushing for more sustainable practices in our daily lives, in our industries, and in our policies. Well said, Charlotte. We'll keep a close eye on this development and bring you more updates as we get them. Speaking of innovative solutions and the power of human ingenuity, let's shift our focus from the battle against climate change to another groundbreaking scientific achievement. This time, it's in the realm of energy production, where recent developments have sparked a new wave of optimism. Buckle up, because we're about to delve into the world of nuclear fusion. Charlotte, I think it's fair to say that the recent breakthroughs at the U.S. National Ignition Facility, or NIF, have ignited a new sense of optimism in the scientific community. Absolutely, Diego. After a decade of effort, the NIF has finally achieved what's known as ignition. Right? which is when a fusion reaction releases more energy than it consumes. Not only have they achieved this once, but they've managed to replicate it multiple times. Quite the achievement, isn't it? Indeed, Diego. Richard Town, the head of the lab's inertial confinement fusion science program, certainly seems pleased. And it's not just the scientific community that's... Yes, the Biden administration is also looking to build on this success. They're planning to establish a trio of U.S. research centers to help advance the science. That's true, Diego. And it's important to note that the NENF was originally designed to recreate and study the reactions that occur during thermonuclear detonations, not as a power plant. However, the success of these experiments has fueled enthusiasm about fusion as a limitless source of clean energy. Indeed, Charlotte. And the way the NEF achieves fusion is quite fascinating. They fire 192 laser beams at a frozen pellet of hydrogen isotopes, causing them to fuse and... Yes, and that creates helium and a large amount of energy. In fact, in their December 2022 experiment, the fusion reactions generated more energy than the laser beams delivered to the target. 
quite a milestone. It certainly is. However, it's important to note that while these results are promising, there's still a long way to go before fusion energy can be provided to the power grid. The NUF's laser system is currently very inefficient, with more than 99% of the energy lost before it can reach the target. That's a crucial point, Diego. But it seems the U.S. Department of Energy is aware of this and has announced a new research program to develop more efficient laser systems. With $42 million in funding over four years, they're establishing three new research centers to work towards this and other advances. That's certainly a step in the right direction, Charlotte. As Carmen Minoni, a physicist heading up one of the new research hubs, points out, this investment marks the first coordinated effort to develop not just the technologies, but also the workforce for a future laser fusion industry. And the timing couldn't be better, could it, Diego? With the recent success of the NF, it seems that the path towards fusion energy is now clearer than ever. As Manoni puts it, we now know it will work. The challenge now is to develop the technology to a level where we can build a power plant. Indeed, Charlotte, and they're not resting on their laurels. Back at the NF, they're already planning a series of experiments with a 7% boost in laser energy. It's an exciting time for fusion research, and we'll be sure to keep our listeners updated as it progresses. From the potential of fusion energy to the power of Mother Nature, let's shift our focus now to the climate. This year has been marked by record-breaking heat and climate-related disasters, but amidst this, researchers are finding hope in unexpected places. Stay with us as we delve into the latest research shedding light on nature's role in combating climate change. Charlotte, 2023 has been a scorcher, hasn't it? We've seen record-breaking temperatures and climate-induced disasters around the world, but amidst this chaos, there's a glimmer of hope. Nature. Indeed, Diego. There's been some fascinating research on how nature can help combat climate change. For instance, vast fungal networks that absorb huge amounts of carbon, equivalent to over a third of the world's annual fossil fuel emissions. That's right, Charlotte. Heidi Hawkins, the lead author of the study, suggests that these fungal networks could be a crucial part of our fight against climate change. But fungi aren't the only natural climate allies we've discovered, are they? No, they're not, Diego. Scientists have been using data from space lasers to create a three-dimensional map of the world's forests. It's given us insights into the structure and health of forests on a global scale and the amount of carbon they store. This is truly groundbreaking, Charlotte. As Patrick Rordans, a scientist from Conservation International, puts it, this data could help us target areas that store the most carbon and hence have the most potential to mitigate climate change. But it's not all good news, is it? Unfortunately, no. The world's first official climate change report card has highlighted that drastic improvements are needed to stave off the most dangerous impacts of global warming. We need to implement emissions reductions urgently and shift trillions in global investment towards low emissions, climate resilient development. But I think it's also important to mention that despite the dire findings, there's still room for optimism, according to Kirisa Kaspchik a climate policy expert at Conservation International. But deforestation remains a major concern, doesn't it? Absolutely, Diego. Deforestation is a major cause of greenhouse gases, second only to fossil fuel emissions. However, a new study led by Conservation International offers insights into what's causing deforestation and how we can combat it. 
But there's also been some interesting news in the corporate world. Yes. A report from Ecosystem Marketplace suggests that companies investing in the carbon market are more likely to reduce their carbon emissions year over year and outperform competitors in addressing climate change in their supply chains. And let's not forget the small island nation of Vanuatu. Indeed, Diego. Vanuatu is behind a landmark UN resolution that could hold carbon-polluting countries accountable for failing to act on climate change. It's a major victory for climate justice, especially for small island nations that face existential threats from climate change, but are among the least to blame. That's a powerful note to end on, Charlotte. Despite the challenges, it's clear that we have solutions at our disposal, both natural and man-made. It's now up to us to act on them. From the natural world to the world of human invention, let's shift our focus now to a fascinating conversation that's been stirring up in the scientific community. It's about the nature and pace of scientific progress. Some argue that science is becoming less disruptive compared to the rapid advancements we witnessed in the 20th century. So let's dive into this debate and explore the wonders of scientific innovation, past, present, and future. Charlotte, there's an interesting debate going on about the nature of scientific progress. Some argue that science is becoming less disruptive. Looking back at the 20th century, we see a period of rapid scientific advancements, from Planck's foundation for quantum theory to Einstein's groundbreaking theories of relativity. Absolutely, Diego. And it wasn't just physics. Genetics saw a significant leap with Thomas Hunt Morgan's work on fruit flies and Marie Curie's isolation of pure radium. Not to mention Raymond Dart's work, which provided the first evidence that Africa is the cradle of humankind. Right? And let's not forget the practical applications of scientific breakthroughs. Leo Bacalan's invention of bacolite, the forerunner of today's plastics, and Fritz Haber's method for producing ammonia, which is still crucial for global food security today. Indeed, those were disruptive in their own right. But the question is, is science really getting less disruptive? And does it matter if it is? The landscape of science and innovation has changed so much that it would be unrecognizable to someone who lived a hundred years ago. The scale, the collaboration, the funding, the communication, and the ethical, legal, and societal responsibilities that researchers now bear. But Charlotte, I think it's difficult to argue that the discoveries of the 21st century haven't been disruptive. The first draft sequence of the human genome, the discovery of the Higgs boson, the direct detection of gravitational waves. And let's not forget that the development of mRNA vaccines during the COVID-19 pandemic, thanks to the ability to edit genes efficiently. Truly groundbreaking. Absolutely. And science and society have learned from the risks of past innovations. Plastics and artificial fertilizers, once hailed as revolutionary, are now recognized for their environmental impact. International agreements have been established to limit their harm, and we're seeing the same need for regulation with recent developments like artificial intelligence technologies. Large language models and generative AI, this year's biggest disruptive innovations, need to be applied such that their potential to do harm does not outweigh their benefits. The lack of regulation is a concern. And that's why we need globally coordinated agreements, just like we have for nuclear materials, drugs, and vaccines. It's impossible to predict the impacts of this century's innovations 100 years from now, but we do know that societies, economies, and the environment will have changed. 
possibly beyond recognition. And that's why it's crucial for the international community to continue coordinating regulatory responses to new inventions, such as AI technologies. We need to ensure that disruptive innovations do more good than harm.